Why, hello! Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 26, 2020. I, uh, I haven't actually said, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. There we, there we go, there we go. Hi, Zach! Hi. Have, uh, have you, uh, transitioned into the whole 2020 thing, like, writing it and saying it just fine? Um... Or have you caught yourself doing the 2019 thing still? Um, mostly I'm okay. What do they say? It's like 20 days to like form a habit or something like that? Yeah, I suppose. So, anyway. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, back this week. Uh, oh my goodness. Last week was... Was not fun. So... Saturday, we had a blizzard warning, went over to work. Uh, we literally had, I think we did four tickets all day long was all we did. Um, it was pretty pretty slow. And uh, so anyway, uh, I had also been having some issues with, uh, I needed new tires for my truck, at least the, the front uh, tires. And uh, the cold just likes to suck the air right out of tires, so... Anyway, I I don't know if it was flat. It was either flat or really, really low, um, my front tire. And so anyway, um, I ended up putting the spare tire on. What I didn't realize was, was because it was like blowing like crazy, like sustained winds of 30, 40 miles an hour. Uh, I, I had actually put the, um, the, uh, the, the spare tire on backwards, which created a lot of problems for me. <laughs> now you make fun of me for that, but would you even know I'm how to not get making fun of you? <laughs> I thought you were. No, I was just saying, woo. <laughs> like as in that sucks. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm. Uh, oh my goodness, here. You know, tis the season for political, uh, you know, text and things like that. Political commentary? No, 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 no. I, I keep getting a bunch of texts from, like, all the different, like, campaigns and things like that. This is oh, such and such with this yeah, person. That is horrible. <laughs> like, uh. like <clears throat> I, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna swing here nor there on, you know, in this bit here. Like, anybody, regardless of affiliations, who sends... Spam text to people for their political campaign is stupid, and I don't want to vote for them. <laughs> uh, do you? You're, you're not even following. automatically not care about what your views are. You're not even anything. following anything with the, the whole politics thing, are you? Well, I mean, some things are difficult to miss, but I don't go out of my way to get any political updates. Uh, I mean, you should be paying attention. Um... I obviously can't tell you what to do, but I would encourage you to vote in 2020. Uh, yeah, I've received plenty of encouragement to vote. I know about that. I actually did last year. Yeah. Uh, don't don't actually uh, put it on the stream. Or uh, don't actually say it, but... Uh, yeah, we don't care. Uh, here. Right. No, no, but I, I am... Wait, so you said you voted last year. Who'd you yeah, vote for? Vote. But don't actually, don't actually say it. Just like... Shoot it to me in a message real quick. 
Honestly, I don't even remember what was voted on last year. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Didn't you vote in the, in the presidential election or not? There wasn't a presidential election last year. Or oh wait no not last year oh no 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 um I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm I'm thinking in way 2016, back 2016 no I didn't uh no yeah that's right because you were out of state uh well there's still a method to do it though. there is but uh for like a first time voter it's a little like uh like it's not hard but like uh it's it's interesting an absentee balance is what you can do anyway uh no uh last year would have been um for Congress. So, uh, your House of Representatives and, um, so your, like, um, all that fun stuff. Um, which I actually don't know. I don't, know. Even I don't remember I who was on the ballot. I don't remember what I did at all. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, um, uh, um, uh, primaries? No. Midterm elections, that's what it was. Midterm elections. Uh, anyway. Shrug. So, yeah. Uh, let's move on from uh, political speak, because uh, that's not what this show is about. Uh, if you if you want that, there are plenty of other, uh, other places where you can get that. But we are going to talk tech, because that's what we do around here on our channel. So, anyway. Uh, let's see here. What do we got coming up on the show this week? Um, oh yeah. Do you hear about this? Android is working on, uh, like their own version of like airdrop. No, I did not. Mm hmm. They're working on that. Um, airdrop just like a personal area network. Kennedy. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, let's see. We also have, uh, some stuff to talk about with Comcast, Microsoft oh, News. Um, oh, did you hear about the whole WhatsApp, um, like, Prince message thing? No. Uh, something, I, I, like, I saw it or something like that. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. And uh, AMD's Radeon RX 5600 XT um, as well. So, um, I haven't actually looked through any of these topics yet. I just kind of pulled stuff. And, uh, so yeah, so this will be an interesting show, but with that, uh, let's, uh, let's roll the intro. This is, this could be a very interesting show this week. Well, that always seems to happen whenever I don't read through any of the topics ahead of time. <laughs> See, cause what inevitably ends up happening is, is that I get a topic that's like, oh, okay. Well, that was kind of lame. Or something like that, but yeah. Anyway, so let's so let's get into this. Yes, so <clears throat> AirDrop is basically like. Um, doesn't it use? Okay, let me first say, doesn't it use Bluetooth? As or far as I know, combination of Bluetooth and Wi. Uh, I don't know if it uses Wi-Fi. Um, I believe it does use Wi-Fi. Doesn't it use Wi-Fi to locate potential sharing partners, like other other devices to share with? I don't know. Because you would think I, um, hmm. let's see here. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't own the iPhone, so I don't use it. I don't know how it works. Ah, okay. How does AirDrop work? 
Um, use an airdrop <laughs> to... <just> Googling. <laughs> Do you remember way back in our very first video where I, I you were like, oh, just format it from the uh, from the bios. And I'm like, how exactly did you do that? And you're like, I don't know, but it can't be that hard. Something like that. I don't know. I mean, you just get to play F key roulette. You don't know what key it is. On like some old computer or some computer you never used before, you need to get to this. I don't think up. you can actually format. I don't think you can actually format a uh, hard drive from the. Some can. From the bios. Some can do it. Really? Hmm, interesting. I've never seen a system that can do that. I'm pretty sure I've seen at least one that can do it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so uh, use AirDrop to share and receive photos, documents, and more with other Apple devices that are nearby. <gasps> hmm. uh, before you begin, make sure that the person you're sending to is nearby and within Bluetooth and Wi-Fi range. Okay, so um, it looks like it does use both of those. Um, well, here's the thing. It Now, I might have been wrong about that in that it might use... It might just be using the Wi-Fi antenna just to send information. It might not have to use the Wi-Fi, like the network that you're connected. I don't know. No, because it's device to device, um, unless it creates its own temporary Wi-Fi network. It may. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it uh, says, check that no, you and the person you're sending to have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth turned on. Uh, let's see... Oh, okay. If either of you have personal hotspot on, though, turn it off. See, that makes sense, actually. That lines up with what I said earlier, where it will it will probably create a, like, a, I guess, a personal area network with the Wi-Fi. You're using Wi-Fi protocol between yeah. the two devices. Yeah, I'm not exactly... And all of the, like, authentication and connection and such is handled automatically. <clears throat> This is mildly interesting. How to airdrop photos? What is airdrop? How does it oh, work? I certainly wouldn't use it, but I—I I mean, it's kind of a cool feature to like. Uh, it is. Didn't like, didn't like Samsung or some company. I feel like oh, I, NFC. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like some cell phone carrier, like uh, or um, cell phone manufacturer, like had, like you know, like the tap to share thing or something like that. Or am I actually, am I thinking of airdrop? And I, I don't know. I feel like there was like an airdrop before there was an airdrop. Um, I don't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if there was such a functionality on some device before Apple just mainstreamified it. Mainstreamified it? <laughs> that makes any sense, I guess. <laughs> they Appleified it. <laughs> Uh, a new hands-on video from XDA developers has given us our best look yet at Android's upcoming AirDrop-style sharing feature called Nearby Sharing. Okay. Uh, the video of the unannounced feature shows a number of photos and a video file being sent between a Pixel 2 XL and a Pixel 4, although XDA notes that the feature has also been working on, uh, or has been seen working on a OnePlus device. There you go, Zach. Uh, Interesting that it works on an older device. So there's no new hardware necessary for this. No, because I'm I'm guessing it's just sense. well. Oh, I mean, what is transferring data essentially? You know, transferring the bits of ones and zeros. Wi-Fi the devices already have. Right, you're you're transferring, you know, ones and zeros essentially. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, come on, how hard is that? We've been doing it for a while now. 
<laughs> uh, despite how useful Airdrop is so far, Android has struggled to find much success with its own alternative. And I'm guessing that like each manufacturer is probably going to like implement this a little bit differently if they implement it at all. Uh, which is what, see, this is why I think Apple can be so innovative is because everything is its own ecosystem. You don't have this giant ecosystem of different devices, um, with each manufacturer. Well, you mean that it's under one roof. Right. Yeah, exactly. There is no competing, um, companies trying to. Unless, their way. I mean, of course, in the in the in the case of Microsoft, apparently you can't figure out how to make a Windows update that you know communicates with your uh, Surface devices, and uh, you know your GPUs mm. just disappear. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> Poof, just gone. Um, anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So, despite how useful AirDrop is so far, uh, I guess the Android has struggled with finding success with that. Uh, oh, okay, it's. NFC-based take on the feature was uh, discontinued in Android 10. Okay. And although Google's Files app includes similar functionality, it's not quite the same as having it baked in at uh, the OS level. There have been reports that Google is working on an AirDrop competitor for Android for, uh, or, okay, for a little while. Uh, but this is the first time we've had the chance to see it in action. Okay, so there's this video here. We're not actually going to play that. Um, in the video, nearby sharing is shown uh, built right into Android's quick settings menu. That's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, it doesn't seem to be in a finished state just yet. See, here's what this makes me think, is that if they're if they're implementing it into the software, then it's something that's or into, into Android itself, then theoretically they implement it in the next release, your phone gets an update, and here's that feature. Well, yeah. So, so I don't know how much. Uh, uh, so, so to me, that sounds like once once they figure it out in Android, it should just be a feature that's, I would imagine, readily available on most devices, uh, as long as they support NFC. I would think. I don't know. Uh, or, or how they're exactly doing it, or Wi-Fi, or or a combination of both. I, I I actually don't know how the technology works, but so yes, in the video, nearby sharing is shown built right into Android's quick settings menu. It doesn't seem to be in a finished state just yet. The video shows it uh, failing at least once when trying to send a video file. Uh, but once the transfer starts, it's a fairly quick transfer over Wi-Fi. Okay, so this implementation is, implementation is using Wi-Fi. So I would imagine it creates like its own uh, like mini network basically between the two devices and then shoots it across that way. Uh, the feature says it uh, that it's designed to work best when the two devices are within one foot of each other. Okay, short distance to go through. That makes sense. Uh, but there are, also, there are also options to restrict your device's visibility if you don't want strangers to be able to send you files using the feature. I would imagine Probably that... Good. Like, right. I, somebody just sent you a virus. <laughs> like, oh, crap. There goes my phone. Uh, Google isn't the only player in the Android ecosystem, though. Uh, thought to be working on an airdrop competitor. Just the other morning, XDA developers reported that Samsung has a file sharing standard of its own called QuickShare, and last year a trio of Chinese, or China's biggest smartphone manufacturers uh, 
Exe. Ooh. Okay. Do you do you know how to pronounce this one? I know this one. So so we've got Oppo yeah, and Vivo. I don't know how you pronounce the X. Xemo. Xemo. Xiaomi, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it, maybe it is Xiaomi. Uh, I have no idea. Announced that they were working on their own protocol. The advantage uh, nearby sharing has is that it should eventually be available, yes, on phones from every Android manufacturer, rather than being limited to just a small group of them, or even just one in the case of Samsung. I could see, like, Android implementing it, and then Samsung also implementing their own implement or like own uh, iteration of it. I guess. Because, like, Samsung seems to do that with a lot of things. Let's see. Where was I at? Uh, uh, yeah, rather than being limited to one small group of them or even just one in the uh, case of Samsung. There's no word on when the feature might be officially released or even announced, uh, but given it's already in a working state, it, could be too, uh, it couldn't be too far away. Hmm. I mean, this is interesting. Uh, I think... In today's world, we, I don't know. There, there's a lot of ways to share files, but I think the, the easier you make it, uh, although, well, I don't know. How, how big of a feature do you think this is? Obviously, I think it's probably big enough that, that they're looking to bake it into Android now. So, or is that the result of, uh, it being an Apple feature and Apple being an innovator? I could not give you a good opinion on this because i won't even use to be honest <laughs> no no you're you're sitting there at work and you gotta like share like this document or something like that oh yeah just you know okay well I'll, uh, the document would be on my computer <laughs> right maybe well yeah it would be on my computer and i work stuff on my phone. <laughs> you know what i have to ask you so i was just thinking about this uh i know you hate email but how how uh, how much email do you have to use in your your work environment these days? A lot. <laughs> oh, what a shame for Zach. Eh. Uh, email is still a, a preferred method of communication, even if you don't think so. Just saying. So, moving on. Uh, Comcast plans to price hike or plans price hikes for cable customers as it looks ahead to streaming Peacock launch. I wonder if this is a way to get people to utilize their, uh, to drop their cable and utilize the, uh, the streaming service. Because here's the thing. I would imagine if you're using the streaming service, right, you're going to have an account and everything you do on that account can be what? Observed. Yeah, and tracked. Which, uh, which is valuable information that, uh, they could probably sell. Or at the very least, use to, uh, to advertise to you. Because that's basically the route everything is going these days. Hmm. Let's collect data so that we can advertise to people. So, but yes, if you're a Comcast cable subscriber, get ready to pay more. The company said on Thursday that rate adjustments are planned for 2020 as cable customers continue to shed their bundled cable internet packages and favor streaming channels. It's starting to get a little ridiculous how many oh, streaming. Oh, 
last. <laughs> it's getting a few little... last millions of dollars. Oh no! It's getting a little ridiculous how many streaming services we have these days. Uh, the company's cable division continued to lose subscribers at a faster rate than expected in the fourth quarter, even though those losses slowed somewhat for a year uh, from a year ago. But the company is still ahead of Wall Street's expectations, even though Comcast's fourth quarter results were dinged by lost cable subscribers and a terrible box office for the uh, movie Cats. The company continued to add broadband subscribers, pushing its profits up 26%. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts said that the company is now looking ahead to the July launch of its streaming service, Peacock. We need to pivot the whole company to the or the streaming world, and I think what's exciting is how well our cable company has done that, he said. We need to pivot, God. <laughs> well, everything is... We need to pivot. Everything is going to this uh, instant gratification. When I want to watch something, I want to watch it now. Uh, Peacock will go right back for the... Av or, uh, for the advertisers and get you in a growing market taking advantage of streaming with a free product as well. See, again, here's the thing, right? So they're they're going to probably collect the data as to what you're watching, use that uh, with their advertisers and say, hey, if this is your audience that you're trying to target, this is where your ad should be. Uh, Stephen Burke, or... Uh, Berkey, I think. Anyway, the outgoing chairman of NBC Universal seems to think Comcast can be a major player in the streaming wars, despite being a somewhat late entry in the field. I think our company is better positioned as the world moves to streaming than any other company in the world. We can make more money in streaming than anyone else. Okay. Uh. I. You know, Comcast. I don't know how, hmm, I don't know. I think it depends on what content they're going to be able to bring to the table. Oh, that is absolutely what it depends on. Because they have to bring what people want. Exactly. And I think what we're starting to run into, though, However, is this. you know, let me just interject here carry on that statement um that i wouldn't be surprised to see some exclusivity deals and other such scummy crap to basically like force people to buy their junk right but this is what happened this is what happened with disney plus i'm sure disney has now started to pull a lot of their content from services like hulu and netflix and other streaming services in order to, and this is where I was going with this, is that at some point we're going to start running into this issue where if you want to watch content from a certain uh, certain distributor, essentially, then you're going to have to go to the that. Their Dumbo platform, yeah. And so I think we're going to start running into the same issue that we just have with cable TV. See, this is yep. why I said, if somebody can figure out how to create some kind of service where you subscribe in one spot to multiple places, kind of like a cable package, basically, with and then one you're rate. basically back at square one. Right. Uh, except for, like, it'll now be on demand, basically. Although, like, you know... Cable companies have been doing this for years with DVR. It's free because, you know, you're paying for it. Although I'm sure they can't resist. 
thumb. I think uh, I think every service is going to have their own idea as to how well, you it implement makes that. Piracy easier, and I hope that those uh, I hope that the companies behind all this crap get served up a nice dose of piracy. <clears throat> You know, rethink. I don't know if it necessarily makes piracy any easier. You're still going to have DR DRM restrictions. I mean, sure. What's going to stop? See, here's the thing. Okay, so I have an Elgato capture card in my device, right? Mm -hmm. But here's no, 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 no. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I plug the Chromecast into the and the into the back of the Elgato because I was like, oh. I'll just capture it using OBS. Didn't work. Oh, of course. It locks it out. However, that's not to say that someone can't design a piece of software to no. bypass such restrictions. I actually don't think it's software. I think it's hardware related. Or, you know, for example, countless streaming services can be accessed straight up on your computer. Right, but a lot of... And, and, and here's the thing. Captured... It could be captured, but a lot of streaming services now are keeping titles and other content like that up on the screen for a decent amount of time now so that by the time you like you would hit play and you could very clearly tell that it had been captured from a from a streaming service or something like that. It wouldn't tell you which one. And some people might be okay with that. Uh, what? You mean seeing the title of the show is a problem? Well, yeah, but you're gonna. Well, no, you're gonna see the title, and you're gonna see like the, the uh, the search or the the search bar or the play bar on the bottom. The, the oh, I mean, it could be edited. I don't know. Whatever, doesn't oh, matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm. I was just supposing that, you know, being able to access such content on your computer instead of like, you know, through a t package. Might make it vaguely easier to pirate. Probably not much easier to pirate. I don't know. I, I don't know. But what... anyway, I hope that people do because screw them. Because well, screw here's them. the thing, though. Does it really? Like, and when with people start such pirating, readable... they oh. notice and they change. I was going to say, with such readable access to it. But you're right. Yeah, if it starts becoming... But if if uh, but if people start having to subscribe to countless streaming services, and that's where I was going with that, I was gonna say first I was thinking, first I was thinking I was like, okay, so it's so readily available, then then it probably actually would cut down on it. But if you start creating this exclusive exclusivity of all this content, then yes, then it might actually create a an issue and a reason for people to pirate the content. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They always say piracy is a distribution problem, and it's wow. This is interesting. Uh, Comcast lost almost a hundred and fifty thousand subscribers in the fourth quarter of twenty nineteen, even though it delayed its plan rate increases to twenty twenty. See, okay, so here's what here's what I don't understand is that the and and maybe maybe it makes sense. Maybe the reason they're doing it is to push people towards that that online streaming service mentality where let's, let's make cable packages insanely, maybe not insanely, but you know, let's, let's, let's hike the prices up on that. Then let's push our online service, making it cheaper in the hopes that people will drop their cable and utilize our streaming service. 
Oh, cable companies love their cable packages. They wouldn't want people to get rid of them. They, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that the cable company probably can't tell what you're watching. They could probably tell what you're watching. Uh, if I, you have their proprietary box in your living room, they can tell what you're watching. That's actually probably true. Uh, I think they have more... I, I think they get more freedom more flexibility by having a streaming service because then they can actually target ads to you specifically. Perhaps. However, I would darn well hope if you're paying for a streaming service, you're not seeing ads. <clears throat> uh, depends if on what you are, you're paying for a very poor service. Depends on what you're doing though. Again, in the case of live TV, uh, you're still going to have ads anyway. Uh, it's just inevitable. I think it shouldn't because you're paying for it. Uh, you're paying for the service to be. You're you're paying for the service to be delivered to you. However, the production company again, and we and we've talked about this. The reason you see ads on TV is yeah, I know we talked about it, and it it, it makes sense. I remembered we talked about it, but right, I still think that if you're paying for something like that and you're still seeing ads, there is a flaw somewhere in that system. I think, again, I think it depends on... There's a flaw somewhere, because that's just the whole... Just the concept of that is very dumb. Again, I think it depends on the type of content that you're watching. If you're streaming it, yes, then commercials can be cut out. And at that point... to watch it. Right. And then at that point, then I think having commercials in content... And this is one of the biggest things that annoys me about Hulu, is that when I'm streaming things, there are still commercials in it. Yeah, that's dumb. Versus Netflix, where I pay for the service, and I am paying to not only each company is going to be a little different. Paying to access the content. I'm paying to access the content. Well, okay. In the in the case of Hulu, though, see here's Why the, here's you to pay more, but being bombarded by ads. Here's the here's the argument. I guess I could say from so playing devil's advocate here. I am paying for the service. Of them delivering the content to me. Well, if that's all you're getting, you're getting ripped off. Uh, it, it's essentially no. It, if you're paying for it, you get you should get what you're paying for. Not. And I and I agree. And, so well, and and here's the thing that you're not gonna. And here's the thing you can you can unless spend. Unless they're gonna give you like bill credit for seeing ads. And here's the thing you can spend more money through Hulu to have and totally. I, actually, I shouldn't say a oh, totally yeah, ad-free experience, oh, yeah. but uh, to uh, to have all dumb. I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate everything. Yeah, I I know. I hate it. I don't know. Maybe that's an unpop. Maybe my viewpoint on that is unpopular, but that's how I feel. No, I I agree with you that it However, is. However, I don't have much of a stake in it because I don't subscribe to any such services, so it still doesn't matter to me. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I, I get it. It's it's a it's a little annoying that when I'm streaming something through Hulu that there are still still commercials. I simply find the concept of paying for a streaming service and then still getting ads shoved down your throat to be very uh, okay, but so Whatever here's the reason are. I get that there are some rational reasons for that, and it's just, I don't know. I here's the thing, though. Incredibly if, if we're looking at pricing right now, right? Okay, so subscription plans here, right? So I probably pay... Okay, so if I am 
if I have Hulu, right, with no ads, and I'm just, we're just talking Hulu. We're not talking the TV portion of it. Just Hulu. Okay? Okay. That runs me $6 a month with commercials. Okay. Now, if I don't want commercials, if I want a totally ad-free experience, then I can step up to a $12 a month plan. Okay. So here's the thing, though, is that let's let's look at... That seems about pretty on par with what other streaming services are going to cost. So uh, let's see here. What, uh, what does Netflix cost a month? I would imagine that Netflix is probably about that same price. Uh, how much is Disney Plus per month? Let's see here. Sign up now. Hmm. And of course, they're all going to give you that like free month of like, you know. How much Disney price? Disney, why don't I they? Why don't they relative? Or, Let it be known that I hate it. Oh, okay, so Disney Plus costs six ninety nine per month. With ads, no ads. I'm gonna guess no ads. Yeah, it's all ad free, is what this says here. What you're saying is who's ripping you off? Okay. Well, okay, if you compare it to uh, Disney Plus, then yes. <laughs> uh, however. So Disney Plus is only one style of content. And I, I would imagine that the reason that Disney Plus can be much cheaper than, say, something like Hulu is that they're not having to negotiate contracts with production yeah, companies to obtain their the own content. Exactly. So that's why they can probably uh, probably get away with doing it cheaper. Yes, that does make sense. So uh, I hate it. So, you know what? I think, uh, honestly, if you're only paying $6 a month for Hulu, that's cheaper than most streaming services, uh, large streaming services, right? It's... I hate TV and internet. Let it be known. Uh, so, anyway. But, yes. It, it, it's interesting. Uh, Peacock is slated to uh, launch on July 15th with three tiers of service, including a free ad-supported option uh, and the $10 per month Peacock Premium, which... I would imagine is going you to say be a free ad supported option. Yes. See that? There you go. It's free. <clears throat> you get ads. You're paying with the ads. There you go. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. That makes sense. Uh, you pay? No ads. There you go. Makes sense to me. Right. Uh, again, I don't sense. know how much content is going to be. I, I don't know if it's going to exclusively be NBC content again, because if it is, then you're not having to pay to well, license that really content because it's free. You're not paying anything. No, no, no. I'm saying the ten dollar a month one. You're again. You're not having to pay that extra money out. They're not having to pay the extra money out to to license the content to be able to use. Cool idea. So anyway, I, I would imagine that that's partially why uh, some of those services are or like why Hulu does some of the things they do. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, it it's it's a thing. It's all terrible. I hate it. <laughs> it's a thing. So anyway, ah. 
<laughs> Moving on into Microsoft oh, news for this week. So, anyway. Uh, so, Windows 7 is officially dead. Rip. Rip Windows 7. It's sad. It is very sad. Uh, my, uh, one of my employers is still, still using, still using Windows 7. <laughs> I would imagine. They're, they're still using, uh, they're still using XP machines. There's oh, still yeah. some XP machines around. There's even a Windows 2000 machine that's still kicking around. I've seen a, like a DOS machine at my employer. Oh, my God. At your employer? Yeah. Is it what is it running? It's not a critical machine or anything. It just like does I don't know, it just operates some machine. Right, and that's what I was gonna ask. Is it's it's operating something it's operating something, yeah. I don't even know if it could, I don't even know if it gets used anymore. It's just there. <laughs> oh no. The you Windows don't have to touch it. The the Windows two thousand machine that I'm talking about, it definitely gets used still. <laughs> oh god. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, uh, Windows 7 extended security updates to cost the German government around 88 or $887,000. So they can't upgrade, so they're just going to pay Microsoft. Well, okay, so uh, the the German government is facing a bill of around, uh, so 800,000 euros for failing to upgrade to Windows 10 ahead of the Windows 7 end of support date last week. Uh, German newspaper uh, Handelsblatt Handel's reports that the German federal uh, ministry is looking to secure at least 33,000 machines still running Windows 7, which involves paying Microsoft a fee per device for a year of extended security protection. So I believe it's like what I, I believe it's... Oh, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment here. So, Microsoft, of course, ended support for Windows 7 last week. Yeah, on the 14th. Uh, but millions of PCs still run the operating system. In fact, actually, I take that back. One of our systems at uh, my new employer actually is still running Windows 7. However, it's like a it's a personal machine that has been brought in uh, from somebody else that we just have. Uh, as a as a secondary machine, so supposedly our uh, point of sale software, uh, the point of sales team will apparently be or supposedly be turning access off to to the system uh, unless you are running Windows 10. So supposedly yeah, in the next we have couple plenty weeks of here, old machines, but most of the old crap is like off the domain. Mm. It just kind of sits in there, a little, little bubble. You know, it's like, oh, a shipping computer or whatever. Right. Uh, so... So it's not really a big deal. So you work don't for... don't have any horrible... You work for a printing company. So are all those systems that are... are... utilized, I would imagine, for actually, like, running the printing... Uh, yeah, and all that but, stuff. Um... Well, I know that until recently there was like an XP <coughs> machine operating a press, doing something important related to a press. Now, okay, so so here's the thing. Was it software related? Was it that the particular software that is controlling some of the stuff not compatible with newer system, new, newer operating systems? I don't know. I don't know why it was there or why it was old and like that. I have no idea. 
See, so that's what I it was just there. So, so that could be a potential thing as to why particular, and I don't know if that's what the, what happened here with the, the German government, but in some instances, there are particular pieces of software, and that's why you possibly still have that DOS machine still kicking around. I'm pretty sure that the only reason that machine got replaced is because the press got replaced. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's what I'm like wondering. This giant press got replaced. So, was there specific software uh, that was only? I don't know. You aren't responsible for that software at all. Actually. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's just something to think about. Was that software yeah, specifically I'm designed? Sure, like, all of that was set up by the you know the company that set up the press. So, right. My guess is, yeah, probably. So, answer. and is that the case that happened to the German government here? I don't know. So, yes, but uh, Microsoft ended that support for Windows 7 last week. So, Windows 7 again, officially dead. Rip Windows 7. It's sad. Uh, while Microsoft won't be issuing public security updates and fixes for Windows 7, businesses who haven't migrated to Windows 10 in a time are in time can pay for extended security updates. It's costly if you still have thousands of machines running Windows 7, just like the German government. Uh, extended updates for Windows 7 Enterprise used in most big businesses is approximately $25 per machine. So if you have a couple of them that are running specific software, it might actually be cheaper just to pay for supporting them for a year versus upgrading them. Those costs double, however, to $50 per device uh, in 2021 and again to $100 in 2022. So they'll still be supporting Windows 7. It's just as an end user, you won't be able to get support for it. And for a company, you're going to shell out money for it per seat. But it might be worth yeah, it. Yeah, and Windows Enterprise is not cheap. Uh, it's even worse for Windows 7 Pro users uh, used in smaller firms, which start at $50 per machine and jump to $100 in 2021 and $200 in 2022. Uh, these costs will vary depending on the volume of PCs in use at a business, and some larger firms can negotiate discounts for thousands of machines. Of course they can. Uh, the German government is reportedly in the middle of an upgrade to Windows 10, but it hasn't migrated to get every PC updated in time. Let's see. The newspaper reports that 20,000 of... Uh, 85,000 machines in Berlin government offices are still running Windows 7, oh. highlighting the issue uh, the German government has. Actually, so this is interesting. Some of the uh, devices on the campus are still actually running Windows 7. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, so most, uh, most systems, however, I believe have been updated to Windows 10. So... It, it looks like it's mostly like staff machines. So, and why they haven't been updated, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, Microsoft has also started using full screen notifications for Windows 7 users. Actually, I saw one on, uh, on the system that was running Windows 7 uh, at my employer, alerting them that the OS is no longer supported. The software, oh, I haven't seen one of those yet. I saw one of the big giant, like, oh, Windows 7 will be unsupported, upgrade now. Uh, the software maker used Windows 7 notifications throughout 2019, so people had a lot of warning about the end of support. Millions of machines are still running Windows 7, though. 
So we're bound to see a lot more cases of businesses paying high sums to protect their machines from viruses, ransomware, and more. You know, so here's the thing is, and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly, like, within the next two to three years, I, I've heard that you won't even have to pay for, for Windows anymore. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So here's the thing about this is that if you're a large business, does it make well, more sense I, to... Businesses probably will still have to pay for it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I bet there will be a free tier, though. Like, you know, hey, you're just... You're, like, your average, like, Windows 10 Home Edition will be, And Microsoft will slurp all your data. <laughs> that could be. For letting you use it. That could be. So... I mean, heck, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be opposed to that, especially if it came with a hey, you're paying for Windows, you get to turn some of that crap off. That would be nice, but that's like, not going to happen. Nice. I probably won't. Happen. So you, that. you know, if you're using if you're using Pro though, like we are, uh, you know, you might be able to go in and uh, adjust some of the GPO settings. Uh, yeah, you can adjust some stuff, but I'm sure that there's always a way that they're getting your I want to say that there is a group policy somewhere in here. Uh, I know there's... Uh, maybe there's not. Nope, nope. There's no Cortana group policy. I can't remember. Let's see here. Access to die assistance, credential, device guard... Oh, let's see here. Scripts, system restore, user profiles. Uh, there is a group policy in here to only allow local user profiles. So, let's see. Determines if... Oh, wait, that's only... Okay, never mind. That talks about roaming profiles. Uh, never mind. I thought that might be a way to like actually turn off like uh, Microsoft uh, Microsoft accounts. Let's see. The problem with like GPO stuff is that there's just so many different options in here that it it can get a little uh, a little overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah, it can get a little overwhelming with everything that you can do in here. So. And then there are computer configuration settings, and then there are user configuration settings. So, let's see here. I just am, oh, system. Let's see here. Group policy, local services. Windows component. Oh, here we go. Windows components. I would imagine that there's something in there. Cloud content, Edge UI. Let's see here. Although that probably, the Edge UI would imagine refers probably to like the charms bar that showed up in Windows 8. Uh, stuff for Internet Explorer. Oh, Microsoft Edge is in here. Uh, let's see. Configure do not track. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty standard feature in uh, in browsers these days. 
let's see here. Search. Let's see. Store. Oh, okay. So here is one thing in here. Uh, there is a uh, group policy to turn off store applications. Uh, denies or allows access to the store application. Uh, if you enable the setting, access to store applications is denied. I don't know if that would actually get rid of them. But, uh... So, oh, Windows Update. Oh. Remove access to use all Windows Update features. Let's see. Access to Windows Update. So, yeah, so there, there are some group policies in here for Windows Update, but nothing that I can see that would allow you to, like, select how it's, uh, how they implement those. So, I guess when they show up, they show up! Enjoy! You know, what else is new? All right, uh, WhatsApp! PSA, never open a WhatsApp message from the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Zach. Really? Bay Area, I'll be talking with, uh, oh, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind, uh, ignore that. Uh, some days, when you write a column about the latest interactions between big tech platforms and the government, you try to make a meticulous and layered argument based on a series of uh, announced observations about, okay, anyhow, let's see here. Okay, so it's been just under a year since Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos shocked the world uh, with a Medium post disclosing that he had been the subject of an extortion attempt, hired the best person in the world to investigate it, and promised to get to the bottom of it. The story elements including an extramarital affair, family betrayal, stolen nudes, and uh, the crusading report of the Washington Post, which Bezos owns, uh, within days, a hefty amount of circumstantial evidence hinted that the government of Saudi Arabia and its crown prince uh, were likely involved in the, uh, in the scheme. Then on Tuesday afternoon, The Guardian published a bombshell, a forensic examination conducted at Bezos' request by the FTI. Consulting found that his phone had most likely been hacked in 2018 and he received a WhatsApp message from a personal phone number belonging to uh, the uh, Crown Prince of uh, of Saudi Arabia. Okay, so from the Prince of Saudi Arabia. Okay. Well, this story is not as interesting as I thought it was going to be. I'm, I'm already bored with this. Let's move on. Let's see here. Goodbye. Actually, this... Wildly interesting. Yeah, I thought that was going to be more interesting than it was. Let's see. Seattle will be the uh, one of the first in the area... To, or Seattle is the first area in the U.S. where residents can vote via smartphone. I, I know, let's not get super political on this, but good idea or bad idea? <laughs> There's some. What have a lot of problems? There is some discussion here. Uh, so, 
King County, where Seattle is located, announced on Wednesday that it's implementing smartphone voting for an upcoming Board of Supervisors election. Okay, so not presidential elections yet here. Uh, King County's uh, 1.2 million residents can use their cell phone to vote in the election, which begins on January 22nd and continues until 8 p.m. Pacific time on February 11th. The program is a collaboration between King County Elections, uh, the uh, county's conservation... Conservation District, uh, mobile voting nonprofit uh, Tusk Philanthropies, and the National Cybersecurity Center, okay, and uh, Democracy Live, a technology firm uh, that develops electronic balloting. It's still a bad idea. Uh, it will be easier than ever for voters to access their. Uh, uh, conservation uh, district ballot and cast their votes. I don't deny that. I don't deny that having an app will make voting easier. I just, I, well, I, I worry about the security yeah. risks of this. And this is the issue here. This is, this is the biggest problem. I look, I love technology. Zach loves technology, but we, I, I think I'm safe to say that we both think that this is kind of a terrible idea. It's going to go places. It will. It's going to go places. I just, I still don't think that something, and, and again, this is not, this is not on a national, you know, presidential election scale yet. Uh, it's, it's something small. They're probably trying it out. I just, uh, I think that voting should be done. Because a lot of times elections are something that are pretty critical. The less chance you have of something fishy going on, I think, is the route to go. You go in with a paper ballot, you pop it in the machine, it counts it, you're done. Uh, I don't think those machines are also perfect either. Uh, I'm pretty sure those things can be hacked, but you know, who's to say that somebody is not going to intercept all the traffic that is, you know, going back to where this is being counted or something like that, or there's a flaw in the software or like, how do you audit all that? That's my big question. And, and here's the thing, is that I doubt, Zach, you have a good answer for me. No, I don't. Right. Uh, let's see here. Here at King County Elections, we are always looking for ways to improve access and engage our voters. And this election could be a key step in moving toward electronic access and return for voters across the region. I don't, again, deny this. I just... It's got to be secured really, 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 really well. And I don't know how you do that. If if, it, if there's something critical, again, like an election, and somebody wants to rig the outcome, they will figure out a way to do it. And would you agree, Zach, that utilizing like the internet, because I'm guessing that's how this data is going to be transmitted opens it up to a lot of risk. Yes, it does. So, and even, even if everything is running through a VPN, 
like the VPN could still be hacked. It's still running through the internet. So 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 like like I said, this is the biggest thing about this is how well, do you how do you secure more it? Importantly, the like you're having to put an application on someone's device that needs to be like airtight. Exactly. Completely airtight. So that's a thing. See, okay, the expansion of smartphone voting has met strong resistance, especially in the wake of the 2016 presidential election, uh, during which, uh, well, this says which Russian hackers infiltrated state voter registration systems. Uh, we're, we're not going to deny or confirm any of that. But here's the thing, is that if it is true, then that means that the system is not airtight. Uh yeah, and they can't even keep a normal. They can't even keep keep it airtight when you're doing it in person. So right, exactly. <laughs> so so elections already have enough issues yeah. with 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 uh, keeping everything secure and, and audited. Let's add a let's add another step into here. Let's add another you know something that can be easily easily manipulated into the mix. I'm just not on board with it. Look, I love this whole culture again of of technology and and uh, you know making things easier, smart home, thing like that, things like that. Does that mean that I am going to secure my house with smart locks? Heck, no. <laughs> uh, I, 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 a dumb down lock and key i think is still the best way to secure your home so i i, I don't know but yeah like so so here's the thing like you know the, the the thing is is like you know somebody comes up to us you know like me or zach like well yeah but but don't you love technology and like that's your job and uh shouldn't you embrace new technology but not all of it's good yes not not all technology is good <laughs> Uh, so what, like, you know, let me, let me ask you what, what big tech push is there out there that you're just not a fan of Zach where you're like, no, uh, surveillance. Really? Yes. Uh, explain because, okay. So this is weird. This is one of like, those ones where surveillance is like on the up big time. And, I mean, I don't know if we're in a scary place yet, but now let's just, let's just put on our tinfoil hats here and say that, you know, there are some potential future timelines in store for us that could look very dystopian. I mean, take a look at China. They have a social credit score. Already. That's pretty dystopian and it exists today. Uh, yeah, well, China's a little... I, I don't know! Okay, so... I mean, so... Like, you know, there's facial recognition everywhere. <clears throat> like, you know what? Here, let me give you an example. My dad just got a new car. Do you know what it has in it? It has facial recognition in it. For what? I had such a laugh when I heard that. I'm like, what? This car scans your face? For like, what? I'm, I'm sure the NSA loves to know that. 
<laughs> you know, or whatever government agency. I'm sure that goes straight to the government. Right yep, now. just gonna not, just gonna put my tinfoil hat on. Okay, but eventually that could be a thing too. Like you know, everybody's car reports who's driving it to some agency. That that could be a thing. I'm not saying it's happening right now. Or that I don't. Know. I, I don't. Happen. And that's just like one example of something that like that I discovered recently that exists. Like what? That exists? And I was like, wow, that that has some scary possibilities. Right, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I have a. I I don't know if that stuff goes back to the government or not. I don't think it does yet. Uh, right, yet yeah. yeah. will it? I don't future, know. I don't know. I don't know. So I I you know. And that's just one example. I may put like a tinfoil hat on, so but many, like you know, your average security camera in a public place, you know, equipped with facial recognition. They could see wherever you go. Okay, so so when you say surveillance, you're not saying like typical surveillance. You're saying like facial recognition surveillance. Well, I guess that's one form of it. Yeah, but like just, just essentially just. And and you know, here's the thing. So knowing what you're doing, right, what you're thinking, what you're looking at, what you're what you're everything like. That's just the thought of that is is scary to me. There are pros and cons to this uh, with security. There are pros and cons. There are pros, of course. There are pros. I guess, like, public, okay, so so here, here's the thing, is like, is it more public surveillance that, or is it just surveillance and all? So like, so here's the thing, like, I would have absolutely- I'm just saying that the increase in surveillance in general of, you know, government agencies upon people. Got it, okay, so you're talking, you're talking from the- Scary. Got it. So you're talking from like the government standpoint because see, when when I think secure or security, well, when I think like can, surveillance, you could put you could take the government completely out of this equation and say companies knowing everything about you is also this weird. is true. This is true. I guess when I think of surveillance, because of course they want to know everything yeah. about you, and a lot of them know a lot about you. I like I said when I when I think of surveillance, like my mind immediately went to like. Like surveillance cameras, like around your home for for security purposes. Because if oh, that's those are a thing too. I mean, right? You know, we're, we we always talk about the ring systems, you know, and how they always have problems. Well, right, yeah, but sure okay. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing about something like that, right? So if I was going to implement a, and and I very likely probably will at some point if I uh, you know once I, I have a home of my own is that uh, having some kind of uh, surveillance system on it is probably something I would do. However, uh, that particular surveillance system will be all in-house, likely wired, uh, you know, to, to a recording device locally on premise. Now, when you... Right. Now, when you start talking about, like, like the ring doorbell or something like that, and then you're utilizing somebody else's services, and and then yes, there there again are are risks and other things you know associated into that. So, does it mean that my that my uh, security system will you know it'll probably some you know I'll probably have some way of accessing it uh, through the internet. Uh, now, how I implement that, I don't know. Whether I do some crazy like VPN style thing or whatever. Uh, you know, possibly, you know, how far do you take it? But anyway, 
Uh, no, no, no. I think when, when we come back to surveillance in general like that, but like the government and things like that, uh, you know, you hear everything about like how Big Brother is watching everything you do. I, I don't know. Maybe in the future, you never know what's possible. Uh, and, and, well, and, and then see, here's the thing, you know, do uh, you already put your tinfoil hat on? Uh, you know, are they already doing it? Well, they're probably doing it maybe more than you think. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, if tons you know tons what? Of data about you is is mixed up in like is is in some database somewhere as just you know. It's funny that you should bring I, this up. It's funny that you should bring this up because London police deploy facial recognition cameras across the city. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Uh, live facial recognition cameras will be deployed across London with the city's Metropolitan Police announcing the other day that the technology has moved past the trial stage and is ready to be permanently integrated into everyday policing. Uh, the cameras are going to be placed in locations popular with shoppers and tourists like uh, Starford's uh, Westfield Shopping Center. And the uh, West End reports BBC News. Each camera will scan for faces contained in uh, Bespoke, which lists, uh, or watch lists, uh, which the, uh, Met says will predominantly contain individuals wanted for serious and violent offenses. So, okay, so here's the thing. I would imagine, however, though, with surveillance that, uh, well, there's going to have to be a database somewhere for it to, to search these things back. And, uh, you know, but but how do, how does that data get added into the system? Is it? I do not know, but as you can see, they're clearly doing it. right. Uh, when the camera flags an individual, police officers will approach and ask them to verify their identity. If they're on the watch list, uh, they'll be arrested. Uh, there is a system which simply gives police officers a prompt suggesting uh, that persons over there may be the person that they're looking for. Operational use of the cameras will only last for five or six hours at a time. Uh, but the Met makes clear that the use of this technology is to be the new norm in London. Hmm. That's I don't, weird, you know? Doesn't it, just, doesn't it just make you feel a little weird? It is a little weird. I, I don't know. I guess it's no different than... Uh, See, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it it doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, but it doesn't also, like, super turn me off either. Uh, I think, personally, myself, like, yeah, I, I value my, my privacy. But I think with some things, you know, I, I think I've just become... And maybe it's maybe it's the fact that I, I grew up in an era with, with computers and phones, and it's just always been a well, thing. So did I, but I still find it weird. Uh, that it it probably doesn't it doesn't bother me as much as it probably should. You know, am I am I just really naive about it? Maybe. Should I care more? Probably. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not what they're doing now that's so bad. It's, you know, the possibilities for the future. I think the thing about it is, is that it's going to happen inevitably. There's, like, there's likely... that is the best way to think about it. There's likely... There's likely no way that... Yeah, there's anything that I can do about it, so (laughs) I might as well just get over it and just go along with it. Uh, and, and, And here's the thing. If... If they're if they're utilizing it to catch criminals, uh, and, and again, here are the here are the pros about this, right? Uh, of course, then there there are the negative sides of it too, where you know it, it it can't discriminate, it won't discriminate, it'll look at everyone. But uh, you know, is it is it in my best interest to have these things in place? And if I haven't done anything, then do I have anything to worry about? Probably not. Uh, so, you know, is it is it any different from walking into... I, I guess the thing is, is that, like, if I walk into, like, a, a large establishment, right? And uh, let's pick any big box store, right? They're, they're likely going to have security and surveillance in, in it. Like, uh... Of they are. You know, is, is it really any different from that? And I guess the, the, the argument is, is that that is a private entity private property versus it happening in public so i don't know i i guess here's the thing though so so my particular establishment has a variety of like we have a pretty good surveillance system built into uh my current employer i kid you not about 95 percent of the time i totally forget that there are cameras in there So, but at any given time, if the corporate office wants to, they can, you know, access the DVR and, uh, and see what's going on. So I don't know. Uh, like I said, maybe I, I just, I don't think it bothers me maybe as much as maybe as it should or, or whatever. So kind of interesting. I don't know. I think once you start getting to like China level, like tracking and things like that, then that's a little excessive, you know. Uh, yes. Although China is, is, so if we that if we is get not to a place to, that you want to be, yeah. So if we get to that point, then uh, then yes, I probably will have some issues with it. Yeah, and that's that's I don't know. I guess that's what I, that's where I was coming from there as well. You know, you could you could maybe make an argument that we're on the road. I don't think so, though. I think the way that it's going to be, and and again, maybe this is just me being naive, but I think the way that they're going to implement it in, say, the United States or London is not going to be the same way that they're trying to implement it into China. Uh, I think the the Chinese government always seems, and and I could be wrong, but the Chinese government seems to be like, we got to know exactly what every single person is doing every single moment of the day. They're pretty mad. So, uh, I, I think we, I, I don't remember. I thought we had a story about it and, or maybe I just saw it somewhere and was reading through it. Uh, I don't remember if it was actually on the show or not, but, uh, like students in China were, uh, being given uniforms that had like RFID tags or something like that in them so that they could track when they got to school, when they left the building, uh, purchases that they made. Uh, so whether or not they were on the campus, whether or not they weren't on the campus, 
Uh, that right there, like when we when we start getting to like tracking like that, I think that's a little excessive. Does that okay? So so here's the thing though, is uh, but okay. This is also a different scenario here too. Would I give a kid a cell phone, like a like an iPhone, right? Or even even an Android phone with some kind of tracking on it? Yes, I would to a certain to a certain point. Uh, once, uh, once my child, you know, were to hit a certain age or whatever like that, where they are deemed to then be, I guess, responsible enough to take care of themselves, then I would probably give them the option whether they wanted that on or not. But I, I think that that scenario is a little bit different though. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, or, or is it, you know, it's a, it's a parent wanting to know where their child is. Uh, my motivation for it is from a security standpoint or a safety standpoint, you know, uh, is, is my child safe? So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. So, you know, is, is the U S government already doing it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I, I think it's more like, you know, are you a wanted criminal, you know, <laughs> so, uh, let's take a look at this real quick here. AMD Radeon RX 5600 XT, uh, review roundup. The new desktop GPU, uh, to beat under $300, Zach. I haven't even looked at it. Uh, it was at CES 2020. Let's see. The ultimate graphics card for 1080p gaming. Let's see. So at 1080p with all the settings cranked to their highest with the NVIDIA's Hairworks graphical uh, setting turned off, uh, it managed 58 frames per second, a respectable count that's a handful of frames ahead of the slightly more expensive NVIDIA RTX 2060. Let's see. It doesn't... Oh, uh... Metro Exodus is what they were using, I guess, for uh, their benchmarks. Interesting benchmark. Makes sense that they turned off Hairworks, because Hairworks is crazy. Uh, let's see. The publication said that the uh, card is fast enough to deliver a non or no compromises experience, even with the uh, craziest settings. It also said that the uh, 5600 XT cobbles NVIDIA's GTX 1060 Ti, or 1660 Ti, a popular and similarly repriced card that also targets gamers who want great 1080p graphics. Uh, and of course, ray tracing apparently is, you know, something you just don't care about. Although I feel like ray tracing is kind of a gimmick still. Well, it, it, it looks good, no doubt. No doubt it looks good, and I'm sure it will become a mainstream feature, and then we'll all get to enjoy it. There you go. Tom's Hardware found that the card... I'm willing to pay extra for it. Uh, ...easily eclipsed uh, 60 FPS at 1080p with maximum settings activated on most of the titles that it was tested in, uh, which include heavy hitters like uh, Division 2 and Gear of Wars, uh, Gears of War 5 uh, compared to the RTX 2060. The 5600 XT maintained a higher, steadier frame rate across the board. Uh, the closest competitor to the 5600 XT is probably the aforementioned NVIDIA GTX 10, or 1660 Ti uh, that came out last year and also cost $279. Okay. Uh, interesting. You know, I 
I think NVIDIA is still going to have the hold on the GPU market for a while. Uh, well, it makes sense to me because they spend a lot more money on it. They spend a lot more money. Well, but products. when you think about it, so NVIDIA is, all they do is graphics cards. Versus AMD, who, although, okay, so, so how separated is AMD from Radeon? Like, is, is Radeon its own little thing now? Or are they is well, still technically under one roof? I don't think so. So, like... I mean, it's owned by AMD. I right. don't know what kind of segmented they they do within their company. Right, so... It's, it's very much an AMD thing. Is, uh... Excuse me. Is, uh, AMD... Or, excuse me, is NVIDIA able to do more R&D... Uh, on well, products NVIDIA and things like that. Nvidia certainly spends a ton more on R and D. Right, and so is that what gives them more of a competitive edge over uh, over AMD and Radeon, probably. So, anyway, uh, and 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 it looks like you know I really thought that the Intel graphics card was going to be more exciting than it has been. Well, it's just a preliminary product, so. Right for now. Uh, you know, if yes. if Intel were to actually build a legitimate, discrete graphics card, I would like to see that would be interesting. You know, if we can get see. So here's the thing. AMD has made the. Uh, the CPU market very, very interesting over the last couple of years, uh, and it's been yeah, it's been fun have. to watch. It would be fun to watch some competition in the GPU market as well. Yes. Absolutely. If AMD could somehow do for the GPU market what they did to the CPU markets, just like actually well, that would be competition to do something. Right, but even that, or you know what would be even cooler is that if you could get like uh, you know the trifecta there with uh, with Intel, AMD, and or Intel, Radeon, and uh, Nvidia, that'd be interesting. I don't know if that would. You know, if you can if you can get a competitive product from all three players, that would that would definitely stir up some, you know, some competition in the market there. So, absolutely would, but all uh, of us, right for sure. Yeah. Anyway, at least like the mining craze is over and like GPU prices have been allowed oh to like <laughs> drop down a little bit. Craze. <laughs> oh man. So. Uh, yeah, you don't really hear a lot about cryptocurrency anymore unless it's in, like, some ransomware attack or something. So. But, uh, I remember, like, when cryptocurrency was, like, the the craze, though, and, like, you were hearing it, like, left and right. Um, and now it's, now it's died down. So, anyway. Uh, with that said, uh, I really don't have anything else for the show this week. Uh, I don't think, uh, you have anything to add, Zach? All right. Well, with that said, man, we, we went long this week. So uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you same time, same place. At least we should see you same time, same place next week. Bye.